For those that don't know me, my name is Jan, um, and I'm married to this beautiful woman, Wendy. Uh, we've been together for 20 years now, and uh, married for 16, and it's been an absolute privilege to have you as my best friend. And um, yo, I don't know about you, as you pray this morning as well, Michelle, this week has been rough, yeah. you know? I had to look after Tristan, that's why. <laughs> well, everything else was fine, but I had to look after Tristan. And um, so... As I finished preparing, I asked him to just go through my notes because obviously you're dealing with maturity and growth and stuff. And uh, obviously, I have a lack of maturity. That's why he ended up like that because I don't take criticism too well. Um, but yeah, man, it was uh, lucky. Just thus far, it's been great to have Tristan in our home and just uh, actually see how, how he's grown and developed <clears throat> in this space. So, Andrew, you guys, bless you guys for that. Um, yeah, so, <clears throat> sorry, my throat's not lucky this morning. So Andrew preached about soft hands, hard knees. That was a very, very, very amazing um, topic. Tristan then shared on um, standing up. At the same time, I've been on this journey around wake up. And it was so nice to see how it uh, flowed in with each other that I also wear the same colors as they do when they preach. All right, I just have a far more funkier pair of pants. Because um, I live on a golf course, I have, you know, afterwards we're going to go play golf. Um, but this has been a journey for me, and I won't easily um, share or preach unless there's a really deep invested space that I've been journeying in in that time. And um, so this, uh, this started a while back when uh, we're dealing with Romans at, at church, and uh, the next moment I got shouted at, wake up, but loudly, uh, with my eyes closed. I was caught of God. Uh, but it was obviously just an example. But when something like that happens, it usually stirs me to go look deeper. And Wesley knows that if that happens, I seldom sleep. So uh, it, it took me, what, from 10 o'clock at night till the next morning about 3, 3.30 to understand that whole purpose and stuff, which, sorry, it happens a lot. Um, but I needed to understand what's the depth of that wake up. And um, I've got my journal here. I'll read it to you a bit at the end. Don't look at it, just, I'll just read it. It says donker. Um, but I, I wrote there, I felt that I fell, I'm busy falling asleep at the steering wheel. And that's dangerous. Because there's collateral damage. You also don't know who you take out at the same time. And uh, so that was just a nice little wake-up call. And um, from there onwards, you know, this, this just started growing. And um, so I don't know what you guys have on the screen there, but the scriptures I'll be dealing with this morning... Uh, started starts in Luke, um, so you'll see it's it's quite a bit, but I'm not going to read it all. I would like you to just take a photo or whatever, or ships can send it to you. But this is a prophecy where Zechariah prophesied over John, who is his son, John the Baptist, <clears throat> and and literally it says, "And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare the way." to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins. And I do believe that often that is not dealt with. To teach, to give the knowledge of salvation. It's like, we want to give the life to the Lord, hands up, sorted. What's the follow-up? What's the journey after that? Especially in the forgiveness of sins. What does that entail? What's the journey around that? whereby the sunrise shall visit, sorry, because of the tender mercies of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high. I, Jesus. 
Now, here's the key point for me is, is to give light to those who sit in darkness, Michelle, this morning, eh? And in the shadow of death. That's the second time only I've ever encountered that part, shadow of death, in scriptures. Others one is Psalm 23. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, and he was in the wilderness until the day of his public appearance to Israel. This is John the Baptist. When you look at the word wilderness, positive or negative? Mostly negative, eh? Fascinating. But then if you go a bit further down to Luke 3, so I'm going to start leading into what actually the topic further down is for us. It says, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. There's a difference between confession and repentance. A lot of people sit and they'll confess, hey, I did this or that. Our kids are brilliant at that. All right, phenomenal little ones. Yes, I did it. Ten minutes later, they'll do it again. All right, but don't tell mom. I'm usually leading that process. All right. But it says there, but now repentance is actually where you fully acknowledge what has happened and you turn around and you walk away. In fact, you run away. There's a heart change that takes place. And again, confession is a simple thing of getting yourself off the hook, I feel, sometimes. Or, you know, hey, I'm not going to get out of this one. Um, and I've had the privilege to, to go to C-Max prison a few times as a visitor. <laughs> Finish the sentence. <laughs> there was this one moment. <laughs> I often say those yellow police vans are not as comfortable as what they look. All right. And um, you could clearly see who's alive and who's dead spiritually. Standing this far from a murderer, fully alive in Christ. Standing next to an accountant, dead in the spirit. You could see it on their skin. You could see it in their eyes. You see it on the N1 to Joburg daily. And back. Sadly. And that is a key point in this space. Now repentance is a change of temper and behavior. Road rage. Who struggles with that? Hands up, quick. Oh, I don't put my hands up. I'm sorted. I work in the spiritual realm. Yeah. And there's a simple thing for me is, are you honoring Christ in that moment? So I use a little thing for guys with road rage. I just I, I tell them to put a little X on your speedometer. Don't do where the needle circle thing is. And all you have to do is control the X. Who's the X? You. Within four weeks, some guys have stopped. Because they're more worried about controlling the eggs than the taxi that stops in front of them. But at the end of the day, it also says, Forsake, as well as confessing your sins, let integrity, holiness, and usefulness of your life manifest the sincerity of your repentance. A change of mind. Fill your mind with those things that are pure and holy and all those kutarkachis. This for me is an absolute key point to this process of maturity. So you've been praying, your knees are nice and hard, your jean pants are like a dirty now, got holes in, I see there's no one here with torn jeans. All right, Andrew, we've got to look at that. Hands are soft. Hands that are soft are serving hands. Or hands that are hard are 
laboring hands. So you've got to make sure that you understand that as well. You can work hard for Jesus with your hands. But at the end of the day, Luke 3 verse 9 is key for me. It says, even now the axe is laid to the roots of the tree. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. That's a moment you've got to decide in, the, in this community is, are we going to stand up? Are we going to deal with the root cause of what we're going through? Are we going to take that and throw it into the fire? So if you look at it, just after that, the crowd asked John the Baptist then, what shall we do? And he spoke about the tunics and giving one away and so forth. How attached are we to our, our possessions? Are we willing to give, we have two of the same things away? All right, I've got quite a few pairs of shoes. Not as many as Nicola, but we don't want to say it publicly. All right, all it's recorded as well, sorry. But at the end of the day, if I look at my clothing cupboard, and some of you can testify to that, I literally have three spaces and a little one on this side. We have a lot of cupboards. Are we willing to give away? Tax collectors. Those folks were the machines in the back in the day. They also asked John the Baptist what to do. Now it becomes a financial thing. How attached are we to our finances? Do we hold or do we hand out? The soldiers, they were there to exploit, threaten, intimidate. Your position at your work, in your community. Are you in people's faces? Are you showing them Christ? The big thing is that after this part, throwing it into the fire, that moment is where it gets destroyed. So last week Friday, we spoke at a satellite at, at 3CI, and I dealt with, with pornography. And this verse came to me for the first time ever in that space of addiction recovery that I, that I function in as well. And I just felt that night, we're going to have tree stumps, we had axes, we had fire. And those young men, out of the 50, 55 that were there, only four did not put up their hands when I asked them who has engaged in watching, I call them the ladies of the internet. So it's, I struggle with that word, which is actually in the word of God. And from there onwards, it's about freedom. Do you understand? Do you have the knowledge of what you, what's happening in your life? Then we teach you those things. No fear, no condemnation. It's mercy, love, and grace. In truth and in love, all the time. And sometimes I feel that's where we miss it. So we chopped wood, chucked it in the fire, and I've never seen so many young men cry into the soldiers, shoulder, soldier's shoulders, pew pew, those ones, yeah. Okay, I was practicing that one. <laughs> into the, in, in that space. The shirts, the Oaks shirts were wet. Then they ask us, what do I, how do I tell my parents? Immediately fear. Fear comes from thinking what's going to happen in the future. It's not a present moment thing. Not one person's parent came back to them and said anything negative. In fact, they, they were loving. But we want to isolate in our sins. From there onwards, if you go further down in Luke, um, it actually gets to the point where Jesus got baptized. 
So once you've gone through the process of laying the root, uh, the axe to the roots of the tree, and you've chucked it into the fire, you have that opportunity to get baptized. That night, about five or six of those young men opened the church and they got baptized. Then we explained to them what's baptism. We explained to them what's going on. Do you understand that you're free? And I feel a lot of the time, young people with a lot of music and it's lights and everything, who wants to get baptized? Yeah! One week later, hmm, what now? Stop. Explain to them. That's our duty in the, in the community like that. But then Jesus got baptized. And it says, and while praying, the heavens opened. And the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove, bodily form, came down and said, this is my son. You can add daughter, whom I love, and with you I'm well pleased. Done. Forgiven it. Finished. But it's while praying. After everybody was baptized, and after Jesus was baptized, while praying, the heavens opened. While praying opens that connection. When you pray, you open that connection between you and God. So a holy moment is where heaven touches earth and earth goes up and sees heaven. Just that glimpse. The beauty of the kingdom in that space. What happened after that? You see the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Also in Luke. Luke uh, uh, 3 verse 24. 23, sorry. Starts with the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Right at the end, it says, Seth, son of Adam. Cain and Abel, out of the genealogy. Done. By shedding blood. Few people know that. They were taken out of it, the lineage, the genealogy. Who's at it? You are. Immediately after, the, after you baptize, you become part of the genealogy of Jesus Christ. You just got to find a spot there where it rhymes or something. I don't know where you're person there. All right. After that, what happens? Jesus goes into the wilderness. Forty days where he gets tempted. Hence I asked you now now, is the wilderness a bad place? Is it a negative place all the time? Where's he actually helping me with this? And when she read it that one night to me, it just came back. The supernatural power of God is more often displayed in a wilderness. Total dependence. God will use your wilderness experience to release the virtues of Christ growing within you. Perseverance. How's that, eh? The wilderness is a place where miracles are born. How's that? Where miracles are born. It's a place where you hear God speaks. It is so quiet. Not that I want to go into the wilderness. It's quiet. Go into the bush. It's quiet. It's actually deafening. But you hear God speak. All the noise around you is gone. How much noise is in your life? TV's on. Cell phones. Hey? How many of you drive in your car and the radio is never off? What's happening in your mind? Where, that's repentance part of it. I dare you for a week, do not have any music on in your car. <laughs> what do you reckon? Not going to happen. <laughs> it's, it's a challenge. 
The problem is, is we're so scared of hearing what's going on in here. And I often say, I don't mind the voices in my head. I mind when they go quiet, because then they're planning stuff. <laughs> Alright, you've got to be so careful. Alright, so yeah. And that's a place where God will truly reveal Himself to you. You have nothing else that you can do. Michelle said this morning, at the end of the, at your tither, at the end of the line, is that your wilderness that you're in? Why do we see it as a negative? Our greatest difficulties in life can also be the incubator of all the miracles that are coming your way. But we are too busy, is the word. How are you doing today? I'm busy. They don't ask you how are you, if you're busy. I ask how are you? How, and then people now will go, how are you really doing? <laughs> Gone. That engagement is gone. We should be with each other in these spaces. I want to, I'm going to teach you now about the armor of light. And this for me was the moment. If you look the next part after where Jesus comes out of, out of the wilderness. It says he was led by the Holy Spirit. He came back full of the Holy Spirit. Two different things. Then his ministry started. God will sometimes lead you into the wilderness, but he'll never leave you alone in the wilderness. And then, filled with his power, you will enter into your ministries. Each one of you have a certain ministry. But we want to see the one where we stand on top of a stage and we want to preach. No. Scary. This is scary. Because I have to be accountable for what I say today. I'd rather serve coffee. No, I don't care. All right. But I'm going to come back to this just now. now. Sorry, ships. Yeah. One of the key verses for me is, is, or scriptures, is in Romans. Man, my Bible looks at this. There's a lot of stuff here. It says, Owe no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. This says here, uh, a bit further down, where's that one now? It says there, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Firstly, how much do you love yourself before you love your neighbor? How do we expect to love each other if you don't love yourself? Again, why? Is there something that you need to take an axe to get to the root of? And then throw it into the fire. You can be baptized. You become part of the genealogy. So you can deal with those temptations so that your ministry can start. Love yourself first. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Ugh. You think about a previous neighbor. That was rough. Must. <laughs> <laughs> My therapist says something better. Yo, I want was mulak. That was brutal. Love is the fulfilling of the law. You see law and we stress. We're like, oh, no. Law is there to guide you. Depends on how you see law in your mind. Now verse 11 is the key point, And this is where it shifted for me. This is where 
I thought, hey, but you, you're falling asleep at the steering wheel. Besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake up from sleep. Wake up from sleep. And I'll tell you now how I felt when it was shouted at me emotionally. But it says here, it's a metaphor for a life of moral carelessness and laxity. Wake up from sleep. Born again Christians, guys, we represent Jesus Christ. Are we lax in the morals and values that we show? Hmm? Are we careless? No. You shouldn't be. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believe. When we first believe. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. So then, let us cast off. Let us stand up. Challenged by a young man. I love him dearly. He's, he's grown. Cast off the works of darkness. Listen to this. And put on the armor of light. How many of you knew that it is the armor of light? I was like, Yutta. Armor of God? You reckon you're safe? You lift that helmet a little bit. Boom. It's like, oh, it's hot in here. Boom. You don't carry the word with you. You don't have the word in you. You're going you're gonna to get clapped. Mine is a bit thicker than the rest. From the East Rand, bro. Mine. Yeah, I carry it in my back pocket. <laughs> So cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly. Not just walk. Walk properly. Meaning you've got to look where you step. As in the daytime. Then it speaks about not in orgies, drunkenness. Not in sexual immorality and sensuality. Not in quarreling and jealousy. All in the same line. Koma, koma, koma. Alright. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Firstly, armor of light. Put on the armor of light. That means if you've been saved, you've got the armor of God. But are you? It says put on. You choose. You choose daily to put on the armor. You should choose daily to put on the armor of light as well. So that you can make no provision. Because again, people are watching us. There is no more difference that's coming into my office in the weekend, to my wife's office, church, world, name it. I've got a Muslim businessman I work with. Far more ethical than people I know close to us. Including myself. The key point is, all we know is that Jesus ran towards pain. He, ran, he went into the wilderness. We run away. We're so scared of dealing with those things at the root. It's not like when an axe chop. Well, I, you know, I've done that. But it, it, it's going to hurt. Because firstly, you've got to dig around. You've got to take that whole thing. Uh, you've got to open it up to expose those roots. And then you've got to make sure you chop the right parts, all of them, gone. So they don't grow back again. <coughs> 
But then as I was, I was going into the space and I thought, yo, Armor of Light must be probably the most amazing picture ever. And that's why, Shipsy, if you can just put it up for me. So I was busy. <laughs> Look at it. Look at the light shining top down. That's the armor of light. Look at this, the space in the radius around it. Look at that. There's space between you and darkness. And as you move through the world with this armor, darkness gets pushed back. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. The next one. Look at that. Next one. Okay. That's going to be my new tattoo. Don't tell Wendy. <laughs> eh? Alright. Alright. Look at that. With the armor on his knee. That's how we should go into the world daily. Hard knees, soft hands. With the armor of God, the word in your hand, sword. Then you choose if you're going to stand up. When you stand up, you've got to decide if you wake up. If you're going to put on the armor of Christ or the armor of God and walk in that daily. Or you're going to walk properly. And then I, 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 yeah, so I was standing there at church on, I think it was Friday, one of these interesting days. And the next moment, I was standing, I was trying to test the light, and another light came next to it. And I started, and it touched. And I looked down and it formed a figure eight. Covenant. So I thought, imagine us being in covenant together daily. All wearing the armor of light. Chopped off our hokakachis at the root. In the fire, it's gone. No, it's dealt with. Being baptized. From there, genealogy. From there, wilderness. Awesome place, apparently. Alright? Into your ministry. Serving the kingdom. You're in your ministry at the moment. But we go together. How big is that light then? Darkness gets pushed back even further. Now the next person comes, and the next person comes. How big is the light that we're going to start shining for the kingdom in this dark world? In the shadow of death. And that's what I want to challenge you with today. So that moment, I mean, I've never read from my journal publicly because people might make money off it. <clears throat> My wife would go, where's a little jacket without uh, with sleeves? <clears throat> I lost what and who I am. I've fallen asleep at the steering wheel. Yet in view of God's mercy, a pastor walked up to me, asked me to close my eyes and open my hands. Hey, sneaky one, eh? You guys are from the East. John, <laughs> He knows me. And then shouted, not into my ear, he shouted into my spirit. People went afterwards, hey, you know, your ears are right. I'm not, ah, my ears are perfect. My spirit is stirred. He shouted into my soul, into my heart, 
into my mind, into my true identity, into the next generation, into my DNA. Epigenetics. <laughs> Sorry, that's that. Sound clever. I wrote you words shouted softly and gently, lovingly, tenderly, caringly. Words shouted so loud, yet so tender and sweet as honey. Words shouted in love, yet with urgency. And that is what I want to leave you with today. There's an urgency at this moment. You and your community chose to make sure that your knees become hard through prayer and your hands soft. You as a community decided to stand up. I want to challenge you to wake up. Wake up, O sleeper. It's infusions. Men, I feel a lot of us, when God put Adam to sleep, a few of us woke up after that. Still in a deep sleep. Even here, wake up, O sleeper. Ladies as well. What is your deepest desire for ministry? What's your deepest desire for your community? You're allowed to thrive. So, literally, this whole week, everything was against. The weekend that we served at at the clinic, in the prophetic space, this was challenged a bit. And the first shirts I take to try to look like ships and interest and to feel part of the crew was this shirt. Take it out of my cupboard. Hmm? It's a challenge. I needed to wake up. I needed to be reminded. We need to remind each other daily by putting our lights next to each other. All to the glory of God. All right. Amen. Amen. Can we pray? Yeah. Father, we just want to thank you this morning for this beautiful community. I didn't know if I'm going to cry at the start or the end. <laughs> but the Lord, your Holy Spirit is so, so present in this place. I walk into this house and it hits you straight on. Thank you for that. Thank you for this beautiful community of people that's on the other side of Solomon Mishlangu for your kingdom. I pray that you will expand their territory, their tent pegs. May they become this massive light in Pretoria. They're quiet individual leadership styles. People sitting here who are quiet, you are so influential, Lord. May they stand up for your kingdom. But first let them pray, as your son prayed. Standing up is easy, Father God. That's why we can confess it as easy as possible. But to wake up, repent, and move forward for your kingdom is what is here today. Let no shame and guilt, let no feeling of inferiority that I can't do this, Lord God, lock them. I pray that we'll stand together, that that the armor of light for each one of us will join together in unity. That will create a covenant, an everlasting bond, so that your kingdom may move forward. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.